This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to episode 23 of the One Was Had a Dream podcast. Start that again. Yeah. So is it a trodcast? I think it might be a trodcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the One Was Had a Dream podcast. Unfortunately, Finchie is a bit under the weather this week. So filling the void for us are Don's fans, Spike Godding and Danny Baker. How are we feeling after securing League One football for another season, boys? We are staying up. So st- <laughs> I would have paid a lot, a lot of money before the Accrington game, for, for us to actually be in this position. And I was one of the, the negative ones. So, uh, wow, unbelievable. What an absolutely wonderful achievement by everyone involved. Well done to everybody. Yeah, it almost doesn't feel like it was negative at that point. We were saying it just felt like it was inevitable that we were going to go down at one point. We were on a run of terrible performances. Everything and it was, was a terrible spike. Was it absolutely dreadful? Some of it was bad. Yeah. I've, I've never felt quite as bad about the club as I did in about January. The Fleetwood game for me, I was just like, oh, wow. But yeah, that's just all, so poor. Just end it now and let's move on to next season in League Two. But other people knew better, had a bit more faith than, than us. Yeah. It's difficult, though, because I know we're, we're big Wimbledon fans. Uh, I know Jamie was similar to me, but I, I'm, I'm such an optimist and I'm so desperate for us to do well and I, I want to believe it, but we were so poor. Yeah. We just couldn't do anything. And we just looked like we were going to concede every game and we looked like we're never going to score. And then, you know, all of a sudden that one game at Accrington and it all just went. Just incredible. Absolutely fantastic. How's it been for you, Jay? Yeah, it's been all right, mate. I'm glad to have a week away from Finchie, you know, he does, and his rubbish jokes that he likes to crack every week. But, uh, Honestly, I hope he's feeling better. Um, he's had a bit of a rough week. Um, but yeah, I'm over the moon with staying up. Like you said, I had us dead and buried. Um, I just had that feeling in my gut that this, this year was going to be the year. Yeah, I had as you know, well. It yeah. wasn't going to be that uh, great escape. Um, you know, which Robbo hates the great escape. <laughs> just, you know, it, it, he doesn't want us to be in a, in a survival battle every season. Um, which hopefully next season when you know we're pushing for the championship, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sweating profusely. <Yeah. laughs> but we find a way, guys. We're every year, I spoke to a mate of mine the other day, and he was just like, "Oh, you'll be all right. You just always find a way." It's just incredible how we've. I know there's 
some years where there's teams who are absolutely dreadful. But this, I don't, I don't feel that this was one of those years. I felt that we've had to really work hard. But what do you think it is? We just seem to find a way to do it every year. Uh, it's phenomenal. Is it the club? Is it, is it the manager? Is it just who we are and identity? We just find a way. I, I, don't know, I don't know how we do it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something about playing well under pressure. But there's something, something weird because we, we shouldn't be down there every season. We look at the team and say, yeah, this is a pretty all right team we've got now. And then start terribly, something changes, and then we end up all right. Admittedly, takes a while. This is going to be, what, our second game in League One where we've not been in threat of relegation? <laughs> That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> in Absolutely incredible. Five seasons. Five seasons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2016, yeah. Yeah. However long season. it is, it's too many. So, I mean, I do feel like we've done well to stay in League One for as long as we have, considering, like you said, we've essentially been in a relegation fight every single season that we've been there. Yeah. Um, but we get to do it again next year. Well, hopefully not, not, hopefully not a relegation battle, but even if we do, we're still in League One. You know? Robert was fantastic though, wasn't he? The, when he? the way that he worded, the, you know, about not celebrating survival and, and celebrating stuff. I guess one of the, I know we're going to talk about it. I'd be fascinated to know from you guys, what do you think needs to change to, to stop it? or to change what we're doing. I'd be interested to know, but I'm sure we'll get to that later. Yeah, I think we'll touch on that later. Um, I think, speaking about this season, how do you think, a bit of a review of the season, how do you think this season's gone as a whole? You know, obviously things are a lot more optimistic now than they were a few months ago, but... So I, I was thinking about this, and I would probably divide the season into three sections. So we had the 3-5-2 era which was, uh, it was a half-decent start. We Here had, in the war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might be too young to remember that, but um, <laughs> we had some, some decent results and some frustrating games. I think probably the Plymouth game was my most frustrating game of the season, almost, if not one of them, the four-all draw. Yeah, that was mad, wasn't it? Because that was when it was like, hang on, we're scoring a lot of goals here could we potentially do something? And then we moved into the second period, which was basically the last knockings of the Hodges era. And it was terrible. Didn't score goals. We were shipping goals. And that was when I've never felt as disconnected from the club as I did at that time. And yeah, relegation was inevitable as far as I was concerned. And I think most people were. But then we, uh, we got Robbo in. We moved out of the misery and... Now we are in League One again. So that would be my three three sections. I'd go into two. I'd go into two. I'd go into we're going to stop them trying to score and we're going to try and score, if that makes sense, which is yeah, yeah. not far away from your your way of looking at it. I just, I felt that the, up until um, Glyn went, and I, I kind of feel one of the games that frustrated me, although we won it, was the Rochdale away game. We just were like, they were coming at us and we were literally holding our, holding our nerve and we snatched it. I think it was Chislet right at the end. Mm. It was a massive win, actually. But I just felt we, we were almost like setting up to be, do you know what, we're going to be hard to beat. Um, and we kind of had that mindset. And then when you go to become hard to beat, you then naturally don't look to score. And then once you start leaking goals, I think it's quite a delicate balance, particularly with the 5-3-2 the or the 3-5-2, whichever way you want to call it. Um, but I feel that the moment you start defending poorly, 
then you're in trouble because you're not looking to be offensive and you're leaking goals. So your basic, your primary objective is to stop, is to not concede many. And when you start conceding, you're in a world of trouble because you're not able to commit. Um, and I felt that it, it was just, I feel that it, I feel much more comfortable watching us looking offensive, looking like we're trying to be creative than we were before. And it's, that's not a, I'm not trying to be a slight on Glenn Hodges at all because I think he did what he needed to do to stay up when we needed to. But I just felt that the players in the, in the first half of the season, we just didn't have the players that needed to fit that system. We had, in the Great Escape, we had people like Seddon who were bombing on. He wasn't the same player, unfortunately, that came back. And I just felt that as, as we moved forward in that 5-3-2 or 3-5-2, we just didn't have the players. O'Neill ran out of legs. Defenders started to fall. The left back, which is I think is a huge area where we're going to look at, I just didn't think we had enough about us to be to to to, to basically do our our half of the bargain. Um, and once we look like we're attacking, I feel we've been a different beast. Particularly with two up front, two up front has been massive. I know the Gillingham game we won one nil. Me and Jay before the Atkinson game were like we need to play Palmer as well. Mm-hmm. And I think he's done he's done a huge a huge amount of work for Pigger. And it's amazing how quickly Pigger I think has improved massively just from Palmer. So. I think it's the the looking to not concede against the looking to score would be my two, but very similar to Spike. What about you, Jay? Yeah, I I agree with both of you. I'm going to sit on my fence. You know how much oh, I love, you love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I think touching quickly on what you just said about Oli Palmer, it was the, it was the Hanson effect. You know, we, we've kind of been talking about it intermittently the whole season that a fully fit or an almost fully fit Oli Palmer would free up Piggott to do what he wants to do rather than you know, standing around waving his arms in the air, which he still does, but we'll yeah, let him off because yeah. he scored 22 goals this year, however many it is. Um, but yeah, I think what you said about the three-five-two and not having the players to do it doesn't, you know, doesn't sit quite right with me in terms of we brought those players in to play a three-five-two, mm. which we played for the majority of the season, and bar that first month, we were rubbish. Uh, you know, Robbo's come in and we've switched to the four four two or whatever sort of variation it is of that. And these players are seem very comfortable in in that formation. So was it was it was it the formation? Was it the management that turned it around? Was it a mixture of both? Um, you know, the players didn't seem interested, whereas now, you know, it does seem like the all of them essentially leave it all out there on the pitch. So when Robbo came on the podcast he said about mindsets being changed and you know, it, it, half the battles won up here in your head rather than rather than actually out on the pitch. So, like I said, it's a lot more optimistic now than it was a couple of months ago. I am really looking forward to next season. Um, not only because hopefully we'll be able to go go back to Plough Lane, but also from a foot, footballing perspective. Yeah, we've yeah. played some nice stuff, haven't we? The last last month. It's just it's also been nice just. Again, someone like Robbo's just said to us, Sal, go on, get on with it. Go out and play and, and back in those younger players. And we love, we've always been hankering on about those youth players. And all of a sudden seeing, you know, a lot of our young, young up and coming boys and, and lads getting out there and playing, I think has been, it's, if anything, it's been a little bit of a mediating factor for me. I, I know that when you've got youth players playing, I feel naturally Wimbledon fans are a lot less um, aggressive on social media and stuff. There are kids, we're going we're gonna to support them. We're going to back them. Um, and I mean that is incredible by the way through Ramadan to play like the way he's been doing I think it's sensational and I just feel that Robbo's got such a great he's, he seems to have such a great blend of 
understanding our history, understanding where we want to get to. And he's got those younger players who are buying into that journey. I think it's fantastic. It'll be incredible to see how many of those senior players are going to go on a journey with him. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think what's interesting is you talk about like our history, but really he's as much part of our history as, as anyone because he's been around for basically the whole the history of certainly AFC Wimbledon. And I would look at him as more of like, this might be sacrilege, but if you were to compare him to someone like Wally Downs or Glenn Hodges, for example, they're the, the old, old school. Yeah, great. Complete, to me, like I wasn't around when they were play, playing. So someone like Robbo is who I would see more as a thing of the club and he understands the players, players seem to understand him. And I think really we have to put our, our success recently down to him. Yeah, I think it's weird because a lot of, a lot of fans, when Glim was sacked, were saying we don't want anything, anyone with a Wimbledon connection. You know, yeah. I was I was probably one of those. You know, I, I, I'll second that. Yeah. Me as well. Um, how wrong were we? How wrong were we? Because it it seems like from top to bottom, on the pitch and off the pitch, everything's improving. Um, you know, even from a social media standpoint. And, you know, we got Oli Palmer on the pod and I honestly don't think that would have happened uh, under other, what's the word that I'm looking for, guys? Other management. Other management, yeah, coaches. Do you feel the the Robbo's brought us closer to our football team? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that's, do you know what? I feel that's one of the big things that he has done. And I think it's such a tricky blend. And whether whether we in hindsight will think he does it right, he's broken the invisible wall between us and the players, he's kind of made them one. And I felt that, I always feel that the goalkeeper does that. Rambo in The Great Escape, he kind of was almost, you know, yes, he was in goal, but I always felt he was almost, almost in the crowd, the way that he was getting people going. And I feel that Robbo's kind of diluted that where players, particularly now as well, where it's so easy to feel isolated and the players to be miles away and the, and the club to be over there and we're here. He somehow made, particularly me, and hopefully you guys, a lot closer to our football team where we actually understand our identity. We know where we're trying to go. We've got a guy who we actually believe in and we're actually quite looking forward to next year, which I definitely didn't think. So again, he's done, he's done, well, he's done miraculous and um, yeah, long may that continue. Yeah. It's interesting. Even just little things like wanting to watch the YouTube videos with the interview from the manager before and after the game. Whereas for the last three years, it's just been, Oh yeah, same old. we they gave it their best, blah, 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 blah. But I feel like I can listen to Robbo talking about something actually it'll be objectively quite interesting. And to have a very forward-thinking, progressive manager is something I've always wanted us to have. But I felt like we were almost there with Ardley, but hopefully now we've got it. I mean, I was reading uh, uh, sort of fact file and sort of interviews and loads of stats and stuff about uh, the new Bayern Munich manager, what's his name? Nagelsmann? Nagelsmann, something like that. Yeah, know, yeah. And like all his philosophies and everything that he was saying. It He's could the have young lad, isn't he? 32 or something? Yeah, yeah, but it could have been Robbo. Everything yeah. he was saying is exactly all the stuff that Robbo's been saying and doing. So he must be doing something right, you know? Yeah. Robbo for Bayern. I mean, you've heard it here first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much? <laughs> an exchange trip. They paid, what, 25 million for him? I reckon we would probably take half that for Robert. We hold out for 26, lads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the stadium paid for. <laughs> uh, it's, it's brilliant. It's just so, like, like, it's, like, it's just so nice to come on and feel really 
energised and passionate about our club. And I got a certificate this morning, actually, from the club about our... Um, like the yeah, me too. And just again, those little things, it's just so easy to be disconnected. I mean, look at the weekend, guys. Look at Man United. Look at the protests of the Super League at a time where fans have been probably never felt so far away from their clubs. It's great that we're feeling so close. Slight tangent, but what's what do you guys think about those protests? I completely agree with what they're protesting about. I completely agree with their protests and their right to protest but like a lot of things it, it always goes too far doesn't it you yeah. know it would there's a it always goes too far like you can't condone what happened uh, yeah. like to the police officers and, and everything like that i hope it works out for them i really do i do i agree with you like i said i think we've all i think everyone's had an opinion on it and i think everyone's on the same sort of boat um, but like you said, I've, I think it was great that they actually protested a lot of the clubs. I think that was awesome, and people voting with their feet. I don't, I don't think it's going to be enough, though, lads. I think unfortunately this is something that's going to happen whether we like it or not, and it's just a matter of time. I hope it's, I hope I'm wrong, but I think this was just a little dip in the ocean to tell everyone this is what we're doing. This it was almost like a, a show of force. I felt with a lot of it. I'm really hoping I'm wrong, but um, if, it will if, come if back it happens, in a couple of years in a new dress. You know, yeah, hundred like percent new dress. New outfit, new new idea. They've got a flavour for what it is. I, the whole, only thing I said to all of my mates is I can't believe, before they even thought about it, no one spoke to any of their fans. Just like It just shows you how little respect yeah. they have. And again, Jay, it just goes back to the fan-owned model. It just goes back to, you know, whether, I'm, I'm openly honest about the fact that I think it's got its limitations and we're not far away from it, but this is the reason why we have one. And ultimately, this is what can happen if you... If you want to go down that road, I don't, you know, I don't think it happens all the time. But this is a classic example of the, you know, six of the biggest clubs in England, whose whose owners have decided they don't give a monkey's about the fans. They actually care about what's in their pocket, and that is another endorsement as to why we're doing not only what what is what is probably prim and proper for football, but what a lot of clubs are now envious of. So um, yeah, again, it's it's fantastic to see we're uh, in held in such a high esteem. Yeah. First time of many in the next year or so, I hope. I think it's going to be the era, lads, as well. I think it's going to be the era of, of, of uh, not fan ownership as such, maybe, but joint, you know, I know the 51 model that they're talking about in Germany and stuff. Just think with COVID, I think it's something that is is going to become even more prevalent. And again, I've said it before, if they didn't have the salary caps stopped, I think we would have been in a fantastic position because I think we've got everything that we might want to really kick on. I just think without the salary caps, I think we're, uh, we might be a bit light. Uh, on, on, on sort of cash but um, hopefully hopefully I'm wrong I was wrong before and I'm happy to be wrong again yeah I do find it strange that we're, we're all quite bubbly and positive and this is on the back of a 3-1 def- home defeat at the weekend yeah right? I forgot about that I mean yeah that's what I mean <laughs> I mean it, you know I, it was it was a bit uh, I, w- I won't say anti-climactic but um, it was a little bit you know, because we were losing, but then obviously Rochdale went 2-0 down and Northampton were losing and it was like, yeah, yeah. well, oh, we're, st- oh, we're, gonna st- we're staying up. But the, but the worst four teams then. got relegated, yeah. didn't they? Can we agree on that? Yeah. I mean, ro- I mean, bless Rochdale, but they've always been, they've always been there about. Swindon never got out of second gear with their owner. Obviously, Bristol Rovers, bless them, they just never got firing and Northampton looked like they could score goals, but looked like they could concede. Wigan came back well. I think the, the bottom four are, are the right four, really. I mean, Bristol Rovers is a prime example of someone appointing the wrong manager. Yeah, oh, big time. You know, 
Can you imagine? There is a parallel universe where we got Joey Barton in. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, we we would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And instead, we've got Derby or Sheffield Wednesday lads. Yeah. Hey. Potentially <laughs> both. Potentially, potentially both. Oh, potentially both. Of course, yeah. Because it, it would need a. It would need Rotherham to really pull it, pull off the stop, pull out all the stops, but. It shows you as well. You think when we started this journey, you could say that we could be going to Hillsborough or, uh, or Pryor Park and with, a, with a, you know, in our, in whatever league we're in, that is with potentially Sunderland as well. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. We're oh, a Sunderland third? Sunderland are in the playoffs, aren't they? Yeah. Are they so third? They're, if they're, they're third, they're, they're not going up. They're no, I don't think up. so. I think Lincoln <laughs> as well have completely bottled it. They're in the playoffs still, but, you know, they're not playing well. Interesting. So, are we expecting a lot of movement, a busy summer for Robbo? Obviously, it's his first window. I think it's, it's, it's basically just, I can't remember the last time we didn't have a, a massive overhaul of our squad. And I think it's probably going to be the same again, which isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. Is it needed? Uh, the, I remember I thought back in March, I was like, God, we're going to have to do a lot of business. What do you think, Spy? How much of a business do you think we need to do? If we were like, we've got no money, it's if one out, one in, do you think we need to do a lot? So really the, the main thing is going to be we are most likely losing the 20 goal a season striker. Yeah. Unless Robbo can work his magic, which I wouldn't rule out because that man, everything he touches turns to gold at the moment, as far as I'm concerned. So maybe we keep Piggott, but if we don't, goalie, I think we don't have to worry about that. Is that safe to say? Yep. Yep. I agree. Yep. I think for now. We've got two, Tans and Cox, both. Although I think Cox will probably go out on loan. Well, I think you'll definitely bring in a, a key, a backup keeper of some sort. Joe McDonnell, yeah. is he around? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What could possibly For about a million years, yeah. Yeah. Defence. Defence is an interesting one. It might be, you guys might disagree with me, but I wouldn't completely be against starting Nestor again next season. Well, I think I might be slightly against you there. I think he's come on a lot. This is his... One thing that was interesting, actually, from listening to the interview with Robbo, when he was talking about crosses, and you know he said he always tells him to play the crosses too long. Yeah, and we ended up at the car park, yeah. Yeah, and that it seems like Nesta's taken that on board. So if nothing yeah, else... Like very listens, literally, yeah. He listens to the coaches. So maybe if they start telling him, don't play it too far, play it into the box. Keep it on the pitch. Yeah, exactly. And he's I only 21. This is a tricky one. I think he's a great athlete. But I can't see Nesta and Osu being around, both of them. No, I think I one's got to go out on loan and one's got to make a move. And um, if Nesta was out of contract, I think, I, and again, I, I'm not too up to date with it, but I think, yeah, I think, I think that for me, that is a real area of concern. I think the left back position would be one I'd be looking at. But yeah, I'm, I happy think, to be, I'm happy to be fought down on that. I think, I'd, I'd see, I don't think it will end up being our biggest area of concern. I mean, Nesta. He's really hot and cold because, you know, he'll skin about three blokes and then, you know, leg it down the wing. And he's, you know, you think, bloody hell, this guy's amazing. And then it will hit the cross into the, over, the, over the stadium, you know. Yeah. He's, I think he's got bags of potential and I think he's only going to see that potential if he's playing football. And I don't think Robbo is one to not start starting because he's young and he's going to make mistakes. You know, how, how else is he going to learn? Um I, I actually think Nesta, this, since Robbo's come in, you know, Nesta was miles better than Seddon ever was this season. Um, yeah. Or I don't know what's happened with Osu. 
I really don't. He's just kind of, kind of been non-existent this season. Yeah, um, that's an interesting one. I have yeah. no idea either, but he seems like he could have been one for us, but something's not quite right there. Still young. Again, he, I mean, maybe he'll... And again, I think one of the things I would say is a lot of these younger guys would have been so... would have benefited alone hugely. Luckily, Asal actually would have been one of them and he came in and done a blinding good job. So uh, I think, yeah, a lot of those Osus, what's it, Lee, Lee's adopted son, Robinson, would have done a quite a good job of doing it on loan. And I know Cox would have enjoyed some uh, loan time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I feel the centre-backs are pretty good. I think Hennigan was on a short deal. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I thought he, because he was obviously, when he came middle of the year, I felt that he was going to come to the end of the year. But I think centre-back, we've, we've, we've got, we're all right, I think. I think we're yeah. right there. And right-backs, again, O'Neill, is, I, I really like O'Neill, but, um, and I think Alexander's improving. So, uh, yeah, I think at the back, we're not doing too bad. I, th- I think once we sort of got our solid back line, the Rochdale game recently excluded from that because the defending was atrocious and we kind of reverted back to our old self. What a game, though. I know, <laughs> honestly. Oh, that's why you watch football, right? That's the Unbelievable. Kind of game. Absolutely yeah. the reason why you watch it. Can you imagine being there? It was like, oh, oh mate. Every emotion I went through, me and my dad were watching it, we were going absolutely potty. My brother ran me from Australia, he was watching it. I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant game. Um, but yeah, the, the defenders, apart from that game, I think, you know, Hennigan and Will, I think Will's been amazing since Robbo's come in. Yeah, uh, he's, well, he's had the captaincy taken off him and he's just been awesome. I've got to put my hands up and say I, I was one of the many who sort of ruled Will out a little bit. But he's... He's playing like a different man. I've never seen him play as well as he is now. And I'm very glad to be wrong on that because I like him a lot. Glad to see him doing well. The one thing I don't know about, I was thinking about Dan Soccer because he looked pretty good when he came in at first. And another one who's kind of gone a bit MIA. Don't know what you think about him. It's all like we've got one, one centre-back too many in terms of Kalimbae, Hennigan, um, we're going to obviously bring in a loan of some sort, Nightingale. I feel like we've got one centre-back that, and potentially, obviously, when we were in the three, we had O'Neill. I feel that we might have one. And again, great, great football name, Dan Soccer. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a comic book character. Yeah, um, yeah again, he was sort of no... Yeah, he, he kind of looked okay at periods. Vanilla, I probably would say the word for me at the moment. I, I think he tries hard. I, I would definitely probably... He's, he, I wouldn't thought he'd be on a huge wage. I think he'd be one that I would definitely keep and have a look at. But again, another loan potentially might have been not be a bad shout for him, possibly. He's, he's, he's only young. I think he's, you know, 20, 21. So yeah. I don't think we signed him as a... We, don't, we didn't sign him as a starting centre-back. We signed him as, as sort of one for the future. Um, 21. Yeah. Just 21. Yeah. One in 2,000. Doesn't that make you feel old? Oh, crikey. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Times. I remember the millennium. Yeah, like that's, yeah it's mental. <laughs> anyway, I have a list here of players that are, who we think are out of contract at the summer. Please, can no one shout at me if this information isn't 100% accurate? Uh, it's not my fault. Thank you. Um, but we are fairly certain that Joe Piggott, Terrell Thomas, Callum Riney, Shay McLaughlin and Shayon Harrison's contracts run out this, uh, this year. And then there are question marks over Che Alexander, Nick Zanev and Paul Kalambay's contract sort of status. Um, obviously, you touched on Piggott earlier. 
if we were to go through this list and see whether we would like these guys to stay or go, you know, pigs, it would be great if he were to, if he were to sign the new deal. If he goes, where's he going? I mean, let's be honest. I, I love Pigger. Is he going to play decent championship level? Do you think? I think he'd do the classic, well, third striker somewhere. Go up to top half of League One, or maybe push it to the bottom of the championship. But he'll do the same as what anyone. <laughs> it's, it seems like Tom. Do you remember when Tom Elliott went and he Millwall fans didn't yeah. love him, and then Taylor had a pretty good stint at Charlton, but now he's at Forest and not playing. I think we've, we have a good habit of getting players who are maybe slightly above our level and then get go way too high above our level and they get found out a little bit. So I can't see Piggott playing in the championship. Nah. And I really, I really like Piggott and he's huge for us. But I, I just don't think that anybody in the championship, bar the three teams that get promoted and a couple around the outside, maybe someone I know who's, might, might want a bit of a cheap punt like a Luton, I just don't see many others. Do you see him Jay in the championship, Piggott? I mean, I'm conflicted in terms of, on, on one hand, I would say no. But then on the other hand, this guy has scored, scored goals, yeah. tons of goals. And goal yeah. scorers are worth their weight in gold. So, you know, I, obviously I want him to stay. Yeah. Um, I think that he could be really good for us next season. But if a bigger club, if, a, if, if he went to... Uh, someone in League One, I think I'd be a little bit peeved, if I'm honest. Yeah. If he got a championship move, then you know, good luck to him. You know. And let's be fair with him; he's been absolutely fantastic for yeah. the amount of money we put in, the amount of games he's played. Well, he doesn't miss many either, Pigger, and he gets he's, play, he's played and by... started 44 games this season. I mean, you can't insane. knock that, and considering as well. You know, he could have checked out a long time ago. You know that, that you know you could talk about people like. Uh, Elliot, who I thought near the end was like, I'm not playing, or he can't play because I'm not. I can't knock him, and I, I really, really respect him. I, I would like him to to be around, but again, if he had that, he's what 26, 27. There's probably one or two big, big moves left, maybe for him. I, I would wish him the best, but that, yeah, I, I think he'll go, and I wish him the best of luck for it. And I'm yeah. with you, Dave. if he goes into the championship, yeah, fair enough. Of, Good luck to him. Absolutely, to him. I'm totally because, with you on that. because. You know, from a he deserves it. He, he, his goals have kept us up this year. Um, the season where we stayed up the last day at Bradford, his goals kept us kept us up that year. Um, and like I said earlier, he's a goal scorer and huge to replace, isn't he? Cool. Exactly. Wow, you look at it that way. And we will replace him because we have to. Yeah. Um, but it would be easier not not to not to have to if that makes if that you know what I mean there. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting though? Him and Oli Palmer have got about the same goals per 90-minute ratio at the moment. They're both just under a goal every two games. Wow. I know Palmer's a much smaller sample size, but that does kind of bode well. Because really, I'm sure if you're looking at his replacement, you'd say Palmer plus whoever's going to support him. Yeah, I'm very excited for Oli Palmer next season. Yeah, I think. Too having spoken to him and sort of finding out that he hasn't been fully fit when he's been playing at all this year and to mm-hmm. get a, some, some rest and then, you know, a whole pre-season in him. I think, you know, I think we might have uncovered like a, a really good talent there. You know, someone that can really scare defences because... He does scare you know, him as well, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, you know, because I thought he was going to come in and he was just going to be a big lump that you hoof it up to up front. He was playing left wing 
past few yeah. games, you know, and he's clocking some of the highest speeds on the pitch. And, you know, that, he's not the player that I, who I thought we were buying, which isn't necessarily agree. a bad thing. Um, yeah. I think even just to physically look at him compared to his debut when he came on, and I think he got booked almost straight away. And that he just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he started charging around. Yeah. What's he doing? I just looked at him and thought, oh, he's going to be one of these guys. Because I hadn't seen him at Crawley, I will admit that. I thought he was going to be one who sort of just chucks himself around and doesn't do very much. But now, physically, he looks totally different. Seems like a totally different player. And I think, yeah, good outside shout for top goal scorer in the league next year. I bet it'll be about 100 to 1 and I'll probably have a fiver on that or something. Because I'm going yeah. <laughs> You'd be able to retire on that, that came in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, moving on to next, uh, next on the list, Terrell Thomas. Obviously, he's had a bit of a weird one this season. Um, I didn't think he was having the best of seasons before he came down with the, um, was it like a chest infection or some sort of lung? Yeah. yeah. Um, which obviously he seems to have sort of got over the worst of now he's back in training. He's out of contract in the summer. Do we keep, obviously, I think we try and keep him, but are there yeah. going to be that many suitors out there? That, you know, I just feel we've got one set about two minutes already, and I think I'd even think about Thomas with it. I, I would definitely would keep him. I think he's really, really good, and I think he's somebody that could potentially kick on and play. Can I, again, is can, I, can you see him playing championship? I don't know. I, I, I think the Terrell Thomas from last season or, or whenever it was. Yeah. I, yeah, I could have seen playing in the championship. He's also uh, a lot younger than you think, Terrell. Yeah, he is. Um, How old is he? I, I think. 25. I think at the start of this season, we, we sort of me and Finch and a few others were talking about who, who do we think is the is our biggest asset at the club, and I, and I was I was nailed on. It was Terrell Thomas. Yeah, I thought I thought that he, bearing in mind like his performances last year, he's only young. I thought he was going to kick on this year. Um, you know, but but do you remember pre-season when we had overlap overlapping centre backs? Do you remember that? Oh yeah. God, I was. Oh, Those are the days. I was so excited <laughs> about the overlapping centre backs, and look what happened. But anyway, he might be on a decent whack. That's the only argument, I suppose. And again, we're not going to have a huge amount of money. Whether he would be a player that you might want to sacrifice. Bearing in mind, again, if you put Pigger and Thomas together, that's going to be. You'd like to think that would be a decent amount of money. Whether they're prepared to gamble on a big quality well, whether we can ever afford a big quality but a, a good enough player who could really really make an impact as a loan or as a permanent on the free um or whether or not they would want to keep thomas i don't know it's an interesting what do you think spy i've got a genuinely i pretty much forgot i forgot about it <laughs> and that's that's bad because not long ago he was by far our best center back but i was looking through going through the positions and thinking about next season and he didn't even enter my mind until we were talking about potential players who were going to be off. So I like him a lot as a player. I think he's brilliant when he's on his on form. But yeah, he wasn't all that great before he got his illness. And maybe that was partly linked to it. But he would be our top earner, I think, especially if Pigs goes. I think he'd probably be our top earner. And do we need to, in the position we're in, do we need to be paying a centre-back more than we're paying anyone else I think we could get by with Will and maybe Soccer or whoever else it is Hennigan even Hennigan and Will I think is a perfectly good centre-back pairing in League 2 so I'd in like League to two. Keep... we stayed <laughs> up Spike that's a yeah, Freudian come on. 
a little uh... <laughs> turn the page over we've managed it Freudian slip there that wasn't it yeah I think you... if Hennigan if Hennigan is going to stay yeah. I can totally go with you Spike and I'll say do you know what maybe Thomas going would free up a decent amount of whack to pay for somebody mm-hmm. I'm just not sure whether Hennigan is going to stay because I don't think he's well, on a long as, contract as far as, as far as I'm aware Hennigan is under contract until next season until next season, so you'll play next season. Okay. I, I, as far as I'm aware, we signed him on a two-year deal. Wow, I, was, I thought we'd been short. I thought he just came because we 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 signed him quite late, didn't we? Yeah, we, and he hadn't, yeah, he, he, hadn't had agent, a, he hadn't had a preseason. Yeah, and we signed him. You I know, but it. then Ben Hennigan, yeah, he, he was a you know decent pedigree. Yeah, you know, would he have come to us on a one-year deal? Probably not. Yeah. You know, that's probably you know we're starting to see the be- the the best of Ben Hennigan, sort of. Well, I think we've got to get rid of a centre back. So uh, yeah, I think. Well, if we're talking about centre backs, there Paul Callum-Bailly might be out of contract in the summer. Oh, no, this is tricky now. Because his his chant is fantastic. Is that the only away. reason why you wanted to switch away? Callum-Bailly, Callum-Riley—they were just, um, <laughs> just absolutely incandescent in that way, and it was bonkers. I think I'd, I'd be more tempted to get rid of Callum-Bailly over Thomas, but. I think I, I like them both. So, oh God, this is a horrible conversation. It comes down to money, really, doesn't it? I think we could afford to keep probably two Paul Calambayes for the price of one Terrell Thomas. And is that the decision they got on that? I suppose that's why that's why they're paid the big bucks and we're not, because we don't have to make these decisions. But, but if you were paid the big bucks, if what I were, you go for? I, I, would, I would try my hardest to keep Piggott and then see if what we have left would be enough to keep Thomas. Piggott's going to cost a bomb. He'll have to. He'll, he'll want double his wages, you think. And that's not being selfish. That's just being honest in terms yeah, of... Yeah, of course. No, you're right. I mean, we've only but, got two and a half million anyway, haven't we, without the, without the... Mind you, the one thing we do have is we've got loads of under-23s. Yeah. And the wage cap, isn't it under-23s don't count? Pretty sure. Let me let me do my research with my football assistant. There's not a wage cap. I thought they they got rid of it. Oh, they've abolished it. Oh, get that's it. That's my theory gone completely gone. (laughs) I've heads gone completely. (laughs) In that case, yeah, we are in trouble with that. Um, Speaking of that football chant, Callum Riley is quite probably quite probably out of contract in the summer. I feel I think that. I like Callum Riley. I think he's a good squad player to have. I think, you know, he always, he's, he's sort of one of those you always get a 6, 7 out of 10 every week. Um, I think a lot of that depends on whether we can get Dobson. Oh, if God. we can get... That's got to... For me, yeah, apart from Piggott, if we could get, get Dobson back, brilliant. Sign me up for next year. <laughs> Sign me up either way, but I'll be happy even more so if we keep him. I think he's great. Him and him and Woodyard together has been. Dobson's been fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Um, really good. Couple That's of players that I. Go on, Jay. Who are you going? With? Sorry, Callum Riley. What are you thinking? Callum Riley. I think that's one of those. I, I th- without sitting on the fence. <laughs> oh, this fence is very well used. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be too sad to see him go but I would be quite happy to see him stay and does that make sense not really does it he's yeah similar to McLaughlin I think McLaughlin will stay because he plays a lot of positions 
And I think that that might be his saving grace if he's around. No, I I, I think we'll get rid of McLaughlin. Do you really? Yeah. Why? Uh, I mean, we got rid of him last year, and then we re-signed him again on uh, back end of last season. The season got cancelled last year, didn't it? And we released we released uh, Wagstaff, we released Wordsworth, Pinnock, uh, Pinnock, and McLaughlin. Oh right, okay, I don't remember that. And then we re-signed him again, like a couple of months later. I, I'm not making that up, am I? That happened. I don't think if you said it happened, I'm going with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he did an all right job at right wing back. Um, I feel like Luke O'Neill is our best right back. I think Che Alexander is not too far behind him. So I don't think he's going to get a game at right back. And I think in midfield, you know, is he is he better than Woodyard? Is he better than Dobson? Is he better than Riley? Is he better than Rudoni? Is he better than Asal? No. You've made a very, very excellent point, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Here and lift the lesson. Put the gavel down. <laughs> I, I like I like McLaughlin. He's one that you know at the start of the season when we were playing the three five two. I thought that he was quite possibly in for a shout with player of the season. Yeah, great. Because um, he was sort of one of the only players that looked like they gave a shit at the start of the season. Um, yeah. But it hasn't quite worked out for him. I don't think the ch- the change of formation has helped him. Go on, Spike. No, you you beat me to it. There, I was going to say we've got a lot of players who seem to have benefited from going to four four two, but I think he's one of the few who actually has. Not what my has lost out, I guess, from changing from that because the right wing back position I think he really was good at. Right back, I don't particularly rate him in that position, and like you said, we've got much better centre backs, so he's almost a, an odd one out now. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if, if uh, he leaves. I just wonder because he's a bit he might be a bit cheap, and I didn't think he'd be that expensive. So, I thought maybe if he if he's able to play in multiple positions. Similar with like when you always have a Euro squad, you always pick a character who could play anywhere you like. I wonder yeah. whether McLaughlin's going to be that player who you could pick and go right. Well, he'll play anywhere. He'll play right back. He'll play centre mid. But when he came, when he's come on centre mid, I just haven't quite seen enough really. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm being turned here. I think Jamie's got me on the run. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one is Shayon Harrison. Obviously, we only signed him on a really short deal. In was it in January? Might have even been February. It was just before. Glyn got sacked. We like, sort of announced him the day before the Milton Keynes game. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah and, then, and then Glyn got sacked. Obviously, he had that five-minute stint where he actually looked quite, he looked, quite, he looked quite good. I was quite sort of excited to see him. Uh, then, obviously, he hurt himself. He's been back on the bench a couple of times, but we haven't seen him again. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how we could... Unless they've seen a lot from him in training, but I don't know how they can make a decision either way. Feels feels like he'll stick around. Again, I think I think we, if we're gonna, I, I, again the other one we've not seen anything of Andrews at all. So and I don't know if he's fit or not. I know he scored a job bit here and there. And I've got a friend of mine who who's a big fan of non-league football thinks he'll do a really good job at some point. Uh, yeah, he, if we were going to get him again, he'd be a relatively, I would, I would have thought a relatively cheaper option. Um, but yeah, like Spike said, I, I, how can you judge a bloke? I mean, crikey! And that pitch at Peterborough was absolutely minging, wasn't it? That was horrendous. That game at Peterborough. So, um, yeah. I don't actually think it was the pitch that that did it. Oh really? Yeah, it, it, it was like a freak accident. The defender was sort of running across, and they just sort of collided. 
I don't think the pitch helped. There we go. We'll, we'll, we'll meet in the middle. We'll both sit on the fence. I, I, need, I need to meet in the middle on that one. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple of question marks on Che Alexander might be out of contract and Nit Zanev might be on, out of contract. Nit Zanev, just give him a blank check, right? The man's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Money's no object. Yeah. Great to have a number one, isn't it? Actually, like a... And again, I think the thing for me as well is actually having our loans out on the pitch, out, outfielders, rather than actually having... I, I mean, can you remember a season where we've had... We've not had a keeper. I mean, I generally can't. Since we've been in the Football League, James, we had the mate. McDonnell bit. Uh, James Shea. Russ James Shea. James Shea. He was our, our... League one, was he? He No, he left us in League Two. It was a season we got promoted, I believe. So, yeah. Okay. LA Roos to replace him. We had Ross Warner as well, didn't we? Yeah, that was that was before. So James Shea was our our last permanent number one goalkeeper. Okay. And then he got we had Joe taken by Ruse, and then it was uh, and then he went to Luton on a free yeah. and was playing Championship football for a while. So <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to have a proper keeper and like I said, open up those those loans further up. I mean, unless we go for a, a loan backup, but I think from what what I've seen, I think he gets the, the starting berth and. With a summer knowing what he's done well, I think yeah, it'd be, it 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 looks positive anyway. So I think you're absolutely right. And I think Shay Alexander's done enough to to get another year, in my opinion. I think he looks progressively better each time. It took a while to adapt, probably. And again, we, the thing we haven't really always talk about, but you know, he's from Barnet. Like you know, it takes you know anyone to jump up two divisions takes time, and um, he's taken a lot quicker. And particularly people like Chislett and Nesta Nesta as well. They've jumped up potentially three or four leagues, and sometimes I think we don't always factor that in. We're quite result based, and we don't think about where these boys have come from. So uh, yeah, I think Shay gets another year for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, hundred percent. Before we move on, I want to talk about uh, another player that we haven't seen a lot of this season or recently this season, um, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it could potentially be like a new signing next year. Um, because I know that Robbo thinks highly of him. I know that Rob Toovey thinks highly of him. And that's Anthony Hartigan. I was going to bring him up. Yeah. yeah uh, obviously, as it's been well documented on this podcast, Anthony, I'm not Anthony Hartigan's biggest fan. <laughs> um, but I'm willing, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and see what he can do under Robinson. Because like I said, um, they, 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 they sort of thought he was... He was going to be the one that, you know, the one that came through our youth system that we would then go on to sell for God knows how, how much or whatnot. And it hasn't quite worked out for him. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I'm interested to see if he does get game time, if he does come back, you know, what, what's going to happen next year with Anthony Hartigan. What do you guys think? Yeah, interested is, to, that's exactly what I put. I'm interested to see how he fits in because when he, I remember when he was coming through, he was, he was a goal scorer, wasn't he, in the U team? He was an attacking midfielder goal scorer. And it just seems like a succession of managers kind of... He, he always looked scared to me when he was playing. And I'd, I'd like to think that Robbo can kind of get that out of him a little bit and get him back to where he was. Because he's still... Even now, he's still only 20, I 21, think. yeah, something 21. like that. But he seems like he's older because he's been around for so long, but he kind of burst onto the scene at 17. yeah. How have we got it so wrong, though, guys? Like, how have we got this attacking midfielder scoring bundles of goals sitting in front of the back four? Like, how has this happened? We've got, I don't know, this is the thing that's 
really infuriating and I'm with you on it. I'd, I'd, I, I can understand why people would, but I just, I don't get how we, how people who get paid a lot of money to do this, how they've got it so wrong. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I think, I think the, the best way to answer that is, is not really to dwell on what, you know, what might've gone wrong in, under previous regimes, but more how I feel under Robbo, it won't. I feel like, you know, if, if, if the youth academy have come and they've gone and they've said, right, here's a, an attacking midfielder that will get you 10 to 15 goals a season, and then the manager decides to put him in holding midfield, you know, what? I just can't see him getting any game time. I can't see him getting ahead of Radoni. I can't see him getting rid of us in front of a sow. But as you said, he is a Wimbledon guy, and if Robinson thinks he can get the most out of him, I'd be. I'd settle for it, and I presume in Newport he's gone there as a holding midfielder, and he's not a holding midfielder by the looks of it. I'm, I'm not what are you sure. doing, Spike? You going to give him a year? I'd give him, yeah, hundred percent. I think there's something about him, or he, there's something that I think Robbo probably likes in him. So if he's got a year, and Robbo or who, whoever it is can't get it out of him, then it's not meant to be, and he will inevitably go significantly lower than League One, where we play football next season. So the reality of it, Hartigan comes in, we lose a midfielder probably, which you probably. But I mean that that if you're thinking about ifs, buts, and maybes, that's probably what if McGlo- if if Hartigan gets a gig, then it'd be interesting to see where where that fits squad wise, puzzle wise, or, or whether I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I guess he takes McLaughlin's place. Yeah, yeah, good call. I'd rather have him than McLaughlin, I think. Personally. Is there is there is there any real area you think Robbo will be looking to improve on or or kind of develop over the preseason uh, apart from left back? I think left back and forward. And I'm looking at the lone players. I think Longman's done a really I've been I've liked Longman, but he's raw, really raw. And I I think he's more of a of a, of a winger rather than a centre forward, and I think when he's played at winger and he's gone at people, I've, I've been I've loved watching him, um, and I think he I think he'll probably the thing that's really mad as well. I don't know if you remember people like Mad Spec Sorensen, and he's playing in Brentford's first team last year. I was like, whoa, like he's okay, but I didn't think mad about him. And now he's like centre back at Brentford, who are absolutely doing fantastically well. That year, it just shows you how much a year can can impact. And I think he I think he might get a gig somewhere in the Championship and play okay. Um, so I definitely feel forwards again with Sean Harrison we've not seen him and potentially Pivot going I think that will definitely be an area um, be interesting to see what kind of forward they're looking at but I, for me it's the, it's the left back it's the forwards and then it's the lone players who in my opinion can, can add value to the areas that we've got that would be my, my understanding of it anyway Yeah I'd, I'd like to think if if it came to it and we had to play an 11 from the players we've got now, even assuming, well, taking pigs out of the equation, that's the real area of improvement. But I'd like to think we could put an 11 together that would be pretty good for next year. So it's it's nice to just be able to potentially go out and go, who's the best loan player we can get within our budget at this position? Or not even worry about position, just go, who's... Who can we get? Oh, we can get this kid. He looks really good. Let's bring him in. He slides in and takes the place of whoever. Whereas before, we've always had to be, this is a real area we need to improve. We've got to get better at 
centre back. We need another goalie. With this kind of stuff, I f- just feel like now we don't have to worry about that. Sort of out of nowhere, almost because for a lot, like you said, a lot of this season, I felt like our team were complete shit, and now it looks quite good all of a sudden. Yeah, t- totally. I mean, I kind of mentioned this on last week's podcast. I think in terms of March time or February time, I was sort of turning around, be like, you know, sell them all. I don't want any of them here next season. Yeah. I can't move sale. <laughs> lane. You know, you know, obviously, probably after like the Fleetwood game or 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 whatever game, you know, when you you really just you've had enough of it every week, and now we're talking and we're saying, oh yeah, well, no, I keep all of them. You know, it's like, I know football fans are fickle, um, but it, it is it is it is strange how quickly it has turned around um, in that respect. Can I bring just one? Not a position, but something slightly different to the to, to the table. If we're negotiating, of course you can. Desperately need some age, lads. We need some sort of experience. And I know that I'm looking through the squad, and you guys have done an amazing job in advance looking at. We are seriously young. Yeah. Now I just wonder whether or not, regardless of the position, whether we. And again, I know we went with this Hodges, and we went talking about young players who are hungry and hungry and hungry, and I, and I get that. I just wonder, do we need at least one, if not two, relatively... And I'm talking about... not talking about 35-year-old warhorses. I'm just talking about 27 to 30. We lose Piggott, remember, potentially. Thomas is one of the older ones, I'd have thought, at 25. Do we need... I, I feel that we need two experienced guys to just to bring a bit of experience. But I don't know where you guys sit with the... Do we need that? So you're, you're, player, or do we just keep going younger players who are hungry and mould them? So you, you're talking about bringing in a Paul Robinson or a Barry Fuller, so someone someone along those lines? I feel like we're, we're desperately crying out for somebody who has played League One football a lot or played mm-hmm. Championship on the way down um, and someone who can go, OK, guys, I've played in this kind of game and this is how we're going to go. Or we're 1-0 down, right, everyone back. Just just a, a leader-y type who's been around a bit who could guide us out of this... I'm thinking, I'm just using hypothetically, Rochdale, I think, got relegated because they lost their man. Henderson was a quality footballer who played good football, relatively a bit older than the rest of the guys, scored lots of goals, so obviously you can't replace goals. He, They got relegated because they lost that bit of experience, in my opinion, in their squad. I, I'm concerned that we are short of that experience. Uh, every year, but I'm just curious where you think where you guys sit on that. I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I don't think it would be the end of the world if we didn't, but I, I, I agree with you. I think that experience, even even one player, just even you know someone that, like you say, but unfortunately these players are probably expensive, mm-hmm. hard to come by, and. One thing I would say about leaders is, again, earlier on in the season, I felt like our squad was desperately lacking one. I think we found one in Woodyard out of nowhere. He's like a completely different player. Um, we'll, t- we'll touch on Woodyard in a minute, I'm sure. But, um, yes, I agree with you. I, I don't think it would harm us at all to bring in one or two more experienced heads. Yeah, I think you look at our, our squad's average age is 23. Is it that young? Wow. Yeah. There's no the oldest player is Luke O'Neill, 29. So that that could very well be that next season we have no one 
over the age of, well, yeah, 29 again. Oli Palm will be 30 next year. So I think I'm 100% agreeing with you. That was one of the signings I had down potentially, just a, a, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but a veteran centre-back would be nice to have to play alongside whoever is our first choice centre-back. But we do need it. And let's see if we get it. Like, like a lot of the chats that we have on this podcast, I could talk about this all night. Um, but we are running a little bit short of time. Um, so to finish off tonight, um, me and Finchie, we're going to be announcing the inaugural One Was Had a Dream podcast Player of the Year Award in the coming weeks. Whee! Wow, what an honour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we haven't spoken about it on the podcast yet. Obviously, Finchie can't be here to talk about it. He sent a few names in to, to put into the hat. Um, so I was thinking we should throw a few names around. Um, I'll start by throwing the most obvious one in, in the 2022 goal of season striker, Joe Piggott. It, it would be hard to look past him, wouldn't it, Spike? That's exactly what I thought. Realistically, he is our player of the year, but it's just something about it doesn't feel quite right for me. I don't know what it is exactly, but I think if I had a say in it, he wouldn't be my player of the season. I know he scored a lot of goals, but something. No, I've got I've got better options in my head. I think. About well, him. why not then? Why not pick up? You've got, you've got to bat. I'm I, I'm with you, but I need you to say it rather than me. <laughs> yeah, I think so. His his goals were invaluable, but something just felt quite off. He he seemed like his head maybe wasn't in it for, at times. I think. Like Jamie mentioned earlier, he's there's a lot of a lot more arm throwing around and that kind of thing than I'm used to seeing from him. And yeah, it's it is a tough one to I, I don't know if any of you guys want to save me here with some of <gasps> oh, no, 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 what I'm just giving you enough room. <laughs> Seeing as you both agree with me, I'd love to know why you don't agree. I think Piggott gives you want to jump on the in the gallows here but I think I'm gonna to have to join you Spike I think I think Piggott gives you goals I think Piggott doesn't always give you every game the consistent extra bits if that makes sense he's not going to run the channels he yeah. likes the ball in a particular way if it's in the air he's going to lose it as I said I'm not knocking Joe and Joe if you're out there thanks for keeping us up again yeah and you're very very valued and we'd like you to stay Joe Piggott we want you to stay but I just he he doesn't give me that 90 minutes. And I think that I would look at other options for player of the year, but I would like to do a special mention to Joe and say, well done. I mean, that, that, that's fair enough. I would argue that running down the channels and all the stuff that you might want from your centre forward, that just isn't Joe Piggott. No, it's not. No. But he's a 20 goal a season striker. A 20, you know, he's a 20 goal a season striker. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think... I think he's going to win a lot of awards this year. I think he's going to win a lot of awards this year. Of course, he's already won two, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe that's why it doesn't quite sit right with you, Spike. You think he's going to win all the others. We should give it to someone else. So I'll I'll probably try and wrap this up by saying I don't think necessarily, maybe this is a bit backwards, but I don't think player of the year is necessarily the best player. That's maybe what in my head I'm thinking. Like Obviously, Piggott's our best player. And he was the best. But to me, 
it's hard picking anyone else out for, through the whole year. But if you look back on the last, basically where our season has been saved, I, I can't say a Sal, but I'd love to say a Sal because he's been my favourite player to watch probably this year. I think a lot. So he'll of, get younger out of the year, do you think? Yes. Over a I think. I think. I think a Sal will win. A Sal or Sané will win Young Player of the Year. Over Rodone. Yeah. Yeah. Big call. I think Rodone already. Like, I love him. He's a great player. I don't know if you saw that stat um, that was posted earlier. He's top seven in the English league of um, teenagers with goals and assists. Great stat. That's awesome. Is yeah. that right? That's an Arash special. That is. Oh, Arash. He's the boy. Yeah. Same same amount of goal involvement as back um, Bukaya Saka. Wow! So, so yeah. make it that way. But I, I think a lot of people, I think he gets it in the neck a bit from some fans if he's not perfect, which is not to count against him. I just think some people wouldn't vote for him. Whereas Asal at the moment still has the shine of being the new, brilliant new player. On impact, I think you're right. I think Asal has been incredible as a young player. I just and again, I'm similar to Jamie with Rodoni. I'm kind of, sometimes I'm, I think he's absolutely unbelievable. And sometimes I think he flatters the deceive. But I think <clears throat> over the season, I'd go Rodoni Young and I'd go for Dobson, a senior. And I know that he's only been here half the year. But since he's come in, he's just been brilliant, I think. Absolutely brilliant in terms of breaking the play up, the commitment he puts in. The way that he's just grown, I, I, I just I'm really struggling. It was it's weird. I went from McLaughlin to Piggott, and I'm now on Dobson, which is uh yeah. Dobson was going to be the one I ultimately settled on. I think there's been a precedent when when Ramsdale did win Player of the Year, didn't he? I'm not imagining that. Yes, I think so. Yeah, that I was thinking we had him for half a season. He got Player of the Year. That's the precedent set. You can be here half a year and win Player of the Year. And Dobson, I think, probably changed our season. Him and obviously Robbo. But Dobson's fantastic and I would give it to him. I totally agree with you on Dobson. I, I think I'm going to throw another name in the hat and I think it's going to be... I'm, I'm comfortable saying this because Finchie's not here. Um, but I think it's going to be a three-horse race for the, for the coveted Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Oh, OK. I think, I think it's going to be... Either Piggott, Dobson, or Zach Robinson, or <laughs> <laughs> Finchie would give it to him as well. Um, Piggott, Dobson, and uh, you just you just mentioned about turning around our season, and that's Nick Zanev. Oof, yeah. I think I think uh, obviously we didn't see too much of Sam Walker. Uh, we saw a lot of Connell Truman, who I didn't think was too bad. But I think with Connell Truman or especially Sam Walker, we would be down. So I can't, I can't, and I'm a goalkeeper myself, so goalkeepers union, but yeah. I can't disregard Nick Sanev's contribution to. I can't, I wouldn't be begrudge of any of them three, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think, I'd, would you spite be that frustrated no, if any of them three won it? I would, I would, if it's a trophy, I would be happy to see them with this trophy that you're going to present to them. I want to know what it is now. What is this yeah. trophy? It's going to be epic. <laughs> I'm imagining a really sort of over the top, like three foot tall, massive, like huge trophy you could sit in or something like that. One of them random golf trophies. You think, yeah. what on yeah. earth have you just got? 
Yeah. <laughs> Can I make a special mention on for Darnell Johnson, please? Just before yeah, we go. I, that's literally on next on my list. Because I think he's been excellent. I think it was a great loan player. And I think had he been fit, would do you think he would have carried on through? Do you think he would have stayed as centre back all the way through? Or do you think that what do you reckon? Anyone? I yeah. I think I think he would have I, I quite liked him at right back, to be honest. But uh, I think it, it would have been him and Will or him and Hennigan that would have would have seen off the season. And when when him both him and Dobson were playing, I thought I thought Darnell Johnson could be the Aaron Ramsdale or whatever where you know he's here for half the season and wins player of the season. Even though Aaron Ramsdale didn't win player of the season, he won young player of the season. Uh, yeah. It was what year would that have been? Two thousand eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah, sure. Little Nightingale won it. Really? Yeah. Here we yeah. go. Well, I would take two of the five loans. I'd take Johnson and Dobson back, and then the other three, I would say thanks, and I'd have a look around. Um, but Johnson was definitely worth mentioning. Yes, Crossbow. I think that Longman is an interesting one. I like. I, I think he had a great loan with us, and I remember most of the time when I was speaking to to people who'd watch other fans who'd watched our games. He was the one who they always mentioned as like, oh, he's good, isn't he? And he started so well. There was the time when he was basically playing every minute of every game, I think. And it was like, how is he going to, why is he not giving him a rest? But he did tail off a little bit, partly because Palmer came back or came in. So he, he wouldn't be, wouldn't be my nominee, but another good loan. And I wish him well. Definitely, definitely wish him well. So before we completely wrap it up, if I ask you now for one name for your player of the year, I'm not going to say mine yet because obviously the big reveal is next week. But uh, Danny, who... We are who, still talking about player of the year, aren't we? The big reveal. <laughs> what else would we be talking about? <laughs> your goalkeeping gloves. We're talking about Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. Good night, it. Yeah. Um, George Dobson, final answer. George Dobson. George Dobson. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys. It's been really good. I've really enjoyed that chat. It was good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. Everyone tweet in their options or votes for Player of the Season. I'm not, I'm not going to promise that we'll take them into consideration. <laughs> uh, depends how bad the shout is. But um, yeah, everyone tweet us on, on Twitter at Womble's Dream or on Facebook if you're on there. Um, and we'll see you next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.